It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It's Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 61, a special treat. You know, they're all special. You know they're all special. This one's really special. We've got um, two of our most unique writers, two of our most entertaining writers, joining forces together for a podcast about corn, belts, songs on repeat, definite uh, pet cameos. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got the veteran Julie Brady joined by the rookie Celeste Redonio. So... Uh, welcome, both of you. Thanks for getting together. You're making a Dream Team podcast possible very quickly. Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks for having me, bringing me Julie together. Uh, all right, let's jump right into it. Let's talk White Sox. First half of this podcast going to be just it's going to be just White Sox. Julie, we get to talk about the White Sox, not just the affiliates. Uh, impressions, I guess. First, uh, maybe I should say that uh, well. The Southside Sox podcast is not qualified and is not recommended to dispense uh, legal advice. That said, please weigh in on the belt gate, Lance Lynn and his temper tantrum uh, in the dugout last night uh, as he was asked uh, for a glove equipment check and was injured, was otherwise uh, occupied and decided to just chuck his belt onto the field and got tossed from the game. Yeah, I think that Lance Lynn should sue that umpire. That's my advice. <laughs> my single take on the topic. <laughs> that that um, we're allowed. It's, it's very stupid. I, like, I, I didn't see it happen live because I wasn't watching it, but it looked like he just, like, was like, here's the belt. And the umpire was like, seemed pretty innocuous. I guess the story is he was feeling some injury. He was eager to get to the clubhouse to, to look into some sort of 
uh, treatment. Uh, he's having sort of a poor game to begin with. I'm sure there's a little bit of frustration. Uh, it seemed to me like he was being a bit petulant, but um, if the recommendation is to sue, <laughs> again, forget it. We are going to dispense legal advice on this podcast. I don't care. Espionation Vox, come after us. Uh, so that's Bard. <laughs> I'm the only one uh, allowed to. Uh, these other two amateurs here, please, um, Vox, disregard anything they say. That said, Celeste, what was your uh, take on it all? Um, so when I, I was listening on the radio cause I was driving down to Champagne uh, when it happened and, um, I was like, what is going on? And then I checked Twitter later and someone had like a video of like, you couldn't really see what happened, but someone zoomed in. So it was a little bit of blurry video. You kind of just see his belt going like over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I don't know. Very in character for him. Yeah. yeah. At first like, it seemed- I can't- and him like he wasn't like like chucking it at the guy he was just like take it like whatever i think it's typically sort of like boss lance Lynn behavior where he thinks he's in control of the process he's like the umpire was too late for the check as if you know the umpires the arbiters are going to be able to be too late too early whatever sort of like hey you had your chance <laughs> i'm in the dugout now <laughs> so i'm gonna throw a temper tantrum hey he wanted out of the game he was hurt a little bit 88 pitches uh, he didn't. He didn't need to win. He's got enough wins this season. Um, Absolutely, the umpire equivalent of resisting arrest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's shift back about a week ago. Hey, another Lance Lynn game. It's a Lance Lynn theme here in this podcast because we're talking White Sox. Uh, Lance Lynn pitched the Field of Dreams game. Uh, impressions of that game? Did you both watch it? Obviously, it's seen at least highlights. Uh, uh, feeling about the game in general, the result, of course, we're all very happy with uh, at least the very ending. But uh, what were your thoughts about uh, that crazy production that we now know the White Sox won't be part of next year? Well, that last part, we can come <laughs> back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was in Boston when I was watching it. So I like, wasn't around White Sox people. But I tried to like rally everybody around me in the bar. So I was like, you guys probably hate the Yankees. Like, let's all cheer together. And like, they were so disinterested. (laughs) Like, I was with my girlfriend and my cousin. We were being super loud and like high-fiving every time like someone got a home run or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And people were just like, shut up. (laughs) So like, I was that person. That's not not the best atmosphere for the game. Julie, it had to be better for you, even though you are not in the Chicago area. I was just chilling, you know, here in my apartment in Winston-Salem with all the White Sox fans I know in Winston-Salem. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was just really, really funny from beginning to end. Like the entire, like just the melodrama of it. Like mm-hmm. here we are coming out of like this mm-hmm. corn that we grew for this. Like here's some, <laughs> did you notice the corn theme? Um <laughs> I felt like there should have been a normal corn belters shout out, by the way, Brett, when you were introducing this episode, because you said corn belters. I know. They don't get enough press. I'm not sure if they still exist as a baseball team, by the way. I'm talking about an independent league team in normal Illinois called the corn belters. It was, uh, listen, I don't always do this stuff right. And it's fair for you guys to call me out. In fact, frankly, I do a pretty poor job handling all these podcasts, but they just keep making me do them. So, all right. Yeah. Blew the intro there. No doubt about it. Uh, the thing I did like about the game. Um, yeah. 
I guess we can get into how it, how the game is being marketed in, in a bit. But I, the thing that jumped out at me, forget the corn. I just like the the atmosphere. There's a guy who who went to school uh, in a baseball city where they were basically playing in a minor league park, which was uh, Arlington, Texas. Um, uh, that's always appealed to me. Uh, Julian does to you as well. Sort of that the, the intimacy of a minor league uh, park is what makes PNC in Pittsburgh so phenomenal uh, because it has a lot of that feel. That's what really jumped out at me about the game. wasn't wasn't that they were hitting home runs in the corn. It wasn't the field of dreams itself. It was the fact that you had this intimate game. Uh, it was a throwback to 2020 games where there were no fans because things were generally so quiet. Uh, you could hear so much more of the field action without having all the uh, other things to distract you and blare at you. And that, you know, corn aside, okay, fine. If you got to do it in Iowa in order to get that atmosphere, cool. But that's what really stood out to me. It's like, wait, we're sort of seeing these teams playing at um, uh, Boomer Stadium or or uh, down in Winston-Salem. And, uh, they, you know, 162 games of that, maybe not. But uh, here and there. Uh, it really jumped out at me as being uh, really unique. And, and and that aspect was way more fun than the Kevin Costner angle or the, or having to listen to Joe Buck apologize for Tony La Russa. <laughs> there were some low lights of the broadcast. <laughs> Celeste, you didn't necessarily miss a ton uh, by being in a loud bar, not hearing every word said because uh, yeah, there's a lot of winsable moments uh, as well. Yeah. I didn't hear any words said. So <laughs> <laughs> as long as you could see the uniforms, that was fine. Those were the true star of the game. Those are some really sharp uniforms. Yeah. Uh, and it is about time. I've been trying to beat the storm for a while. I don't think many people would fight against it. I don't know why the Sunday uniforms are constant the way they are. Can we re- do we really need that much early eighties nostalgia. I, you know, I, I saw games in 1983. I don't care about the uniforms that much. That has to be the perpetual. The White Sox used to trot out a lot more variety. I don't see why they don't pick a neat anniversary for uh, each, each year, each, each Sunday. Uh, and it should change. It doesn't even have to be something phenomenal. They don't have to have won the world series because that's not too many uniforms. Uh, the idea that the 83s are perpetual is ridiculous. Yeah, they, like I remember the red pinstripes they used to wear pretty frequently, and those are nice. Yeah, that was, like, oh, right. That was like one year they did that as though well, it was a 50th anniversary or whatever it was of that team. They didn't even have the goofy zip-off roadies. You know, they wore the powder blues there on the road like one game. You know, throw some stuff. Get Chris Sale all agitated. Pull out the pull out the the, the PJs for a game that he's got to pitch against the White Sox. Come on, let's. Get inside some people's heads, man. Uh, hey, well, you know what? Um, I'm a professional uh, podcast host, so we're going to choose this spot to take a, a quick break to make sure that we get it in. We're going to do that and come right back with, oh, I don't know, a little bit more of a, uh, a grab ball. Maybe we will talk about more little corn belts. Who knows what we are actually going to discuss from uh, Florida, North Carolina, and, well, we'll call it Illinois. Uh, it's not Chicago, but it's downstate Illinois, the lovely, lovely environs of Urbana, Illinois. We'll be back in just a second with podcast number 61. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it really was just a second. It is Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 61. It's a dream team podcast, and I will take myself out of the frame for that because we've got the veteran, our minor league update writer. Oh, and by the way, she's taking time out. She's got her four screens up right now, and she is actually having to pause all of them because she's got to be talking to me and Celeste right now. She can't do her minor league update right now, and it probably well, no, it's not going to suffer at all. It's still going to be a very entertaining read and a lot of fun. So check it out. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays, it's Julie Brady, the veteran at Southside Sox, doing the updates. And let's just keep calling her the rookie. Why not? I got a theme. And that's what a lousy podcast host does. He just beats the theme to death. It's Celeste Radonio. She's joining us, I believe, for this is maybe a second or a third podcast. Love it. Love you hopping on. Celeste, and thanks now having uh, a move downstate, uh, settling in. And joining us from lovely Urbana, Illinois. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to give Julie a chance to answer first. Uh, you can tell the background story or not. I don't really care. It probably all it takes is a, all it takes is a, a look at um, Julie's Twitter feed to probably uh, get the backdrop on this. But I need to know, Julie, is there a song in your life that you've put on repeat? many times because you've just loved it so much at that moment well yeah but it's not this love by Maroon 5 <laughs> it's more of an involuntary I've been forced to it on repeat situation have you been able to dig into this well if you don't mind giving us the background of this story and perhaps maybe where the mystery um, stands at the moment because the updates just keep coming I think they're going to stop one day and they keep coming yeah, yeah. So last year, around like August or September, maybe, I started noticing that I was hearing the song This Love by Maroon 5 all the time. I live right downtown Winston-Salem. Like, I literally live on Main Street. So, like, I hear a lot of car traffic and I hear a lot of what cars are playing. And I just kept hearing the song This Love by Maroon 5, which I didn't know that was a song. The first time I heard it, I eventually Googled it. And, you know, it's a song. I'm yeah, the lyrics committed to memory already. Okay. Hey, hey, <laughs> it gets stuck in my head. So... Eventually, it happened so frequently that I tweeted about it. I was like, I swear there's just like some person who really loves this love blasting it downtown at least once a week. And so since then, every time I hear it, I tweet like, here's this love. And it's like 35 or 40 times by now since November. Who is this person? And like, it's so many weird things have happened where like, it'll, I can hear it coming down the block and then (laughs) they'll restart the song right outside my building. And sometimes they'll circle the block. It's just so many bewildering, like this love discrete events and they're all different from each other. And it's all so confusing and kind of scary. And eventually I did see the car. Like I've gotten a visual on the car oh, driving by. Okay. Black car. It's got uh, a Steelers decal at the back, North Carolina plates. Okay. Um, the one time I was in a position to see the driver, they were gonna turn left and as they turned left and almost came into view, a city bus drove by and my view was obscured and I could not see into the driver's seat. So it could be anyone. 
could be literally anyone. That's going to give you another year of this thread because the mystery um, deepens. I, and the reason uh, for the topic, I suppose, is because I just figured, and I'm sure you've already figured this out, you're far brighter than me, Julie, is that maybe that person just loves that song. Maybe the CD can only play that song. Maybe the person still has a CD player. Uh, maybe they just love that song and they put it on repeat. Uh, but now it seems like there's a little bit of torment going on of you here. Well, there is, but there are also songs that I love that I play in the car all the time, but like it's never the same song at the same physical location. Like that's what gets to me. Like every single, and, and the fact that he blasts it loud enough with his windows down for me to hear it like inside of a stone building um, is the other you know part of it. But like, just the Huh? It's a message to you. It's a message to me, but I don't want it to be. What is it saying? Yeah, it's an, and there's no lyrical cue. There's no shout out to Winston Salem. I'm I'm assuming in the lyrics of this Maroon Five song. Maroon Five. <laughs> so uh, the, the the assumption, Julie, is that's not the song that you would choose. Is is there a song that uh, has been um, stuck in a rotation to the point where you've just hit it repeat a number of times? Um, yeah, I mean, recently, the last few days, I've been really doing a deep dive into Laura Stevenson's album, Wheel, which has, which it's just a perfect album from beginning to end. Um, it's like a little folk punk singer-songwriter kind of indie album, but there's a song on it called The Hole, and I woke up yesterday with a line from The Hole stuck in my head, and the mm. line is, like the aching in my aching hands, only in my head, I woke up with it stuck in my head, like, like the soup stains on my soup-stained hands. And I have no idea why. <laughs> but now in my mind, every time I play that song, it's like the soup stains on my soup stained hands. Oh, see? To try to like understand myself. Another song you're going to have to crack the code on by listening to over and over again. Celeste, uh, any of this resonate with you? Uh, something that's been uh, stuck in your head or that you're uh, continuing to play again and again? It could be when you were a kid for all I know. I don't know. I mean, uh, we've all done it, I think. I, the last like actual song, I mean, I guess all songs are actual songs, but the last like song song I had stuck in my head was, um, it's called Back to You by Lewis Tomlinson. And like, I don't know where I first heard it. I don't listen to anything else by this person. I think like they might've done a cover or something else I like. I don't, no idea. It's a good song. Uh, you should look it up. But I also like frequently get out of season holiday music stuck in my head. Like in the summer, I'll just randomly like get flashbacks of Christmas music, and then like I don't know, it's weird. In in my house, we go through uh, runs sometimes where yes, we we have the holiday music playing, you know, in August, or it's not necessarily a specific song, uh, but uh, that definitely that definitely happens. And, and it is somewhat random because it's August. It shouldn't necessarily be resonating. And particularly in Florida, there's not going to be any snow at any point ever. So I uh, can't really say it's, maybe it's just, it's, it's a winsome feeling. So it's like, all right, let's throw the holiday music on. Um, I uh, did some research for this podcast that involved looking at the meet the players and I'm not going to dive deep into that because of course, Celeste, we just went over some of that not long ago on a podcast. Uh, but I did want to, find the food of choice uh celeste i believe was a comiskey dog julie went she went right to the dessert uh a churros um i'm on i'm slightly on team julie there because i don't know if they make comiskey dogs and veggie dogs but uh explain your choices please 
<laughs> well, you know, churros are kind of the spiritual, you know, sibling of, of hot dogs. <laughs> Roll a, hot dog a dessert hot dog. And make it out of something that is not meat, but, you know, otherwise it's... your cold food item. Yeah, yeah. I think there's no beef here, especially not in the churro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Celeste, it's uh, just a uh, it's just a classic choice. Then you go to a ball game, you smell the hot dogs, you want a hot dog. Yeah, there's something like a Chicago style hot dog. Though I did, I got a foot long hot dog at the game the other day, and I posted a picture about it. And it let me tell you, it created a turmoil on Twitter. <laughs> Which was like the last thing we figured out that. Like literally, like I have opinions about players and like managing and like people were like really up in arms about this picture of this hot dog I posted. And I was like, this is the pinnacle of Twitter. I can guess, but what was the controversy involving the photo of the hot dog? I think it just looked a little bit phallic. And I didn't realize that when I was taking the picture. <laughs> And I think people were, some people were very strongly offended. Like I had people like tweeting at me, like, this is the most disgusting thing in the entire world I've ever seen. Like I would buy it just to throw it in the trash. I was like, you don't even follow me, dude. (laughs) You don't understand like a boycott. I'll admit, Celeste, that was not the controversy. That was not the content I was anticipating. I did not, obviously did not see the picture. So I just thought it was some sort of like, quirky condiment but no okay it was, it was a lot deeper of than that. no Whew. uh wow all right well <laughs> you'll think twice before you do that again hey speaking of being at games now julie i don't remember if you'd actually attended dash games yet or not but celeste you've been to games in at least two cities uh what's the experience been um in person What's the comfort level? How's that been? Because it's uh, obviously been away a while for good reason. uh, And maybe reason to still practice an awful lot of caution in such circumstances. But what was the experience like? Yeah, um, I have been to, I think, two Dash games this year and then one Knights game. Um, The Knights game, well, the Dash game was uh, opening day. So, you know, masked up, same with the Knights. Um, In the Dash price box, it's like the wall is basically windows so you can open them all up and they have like plexiglass. So they did at least an opening day in between the seats, like felt pretty secure. Um, I think that going to games now, I probably would sit outside of the press box and just like in the open air stands. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't like as nerve wracking as I kind of expected it to be the mm-hmm. first couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, world traveler, uh, Rodonio, please. Uh, the Boston experience, the Chicago experience, uh, parts elsewhere. Yeah, I went to Milwaukee. This I think there's police outside my house right now. Sorry. Um, not for me. Urbana! <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I went to Milwaukee, too. Um, it was definitely, in terms of, like, people being condensed, that happened most at um, at the home games, like, guaranteed rate. Um, I just, like, people, like, out on the concourse and there being no vendors definitely – brings people together more whereas like I was just at Fenway and they have vendors and um people were more people were masked I think in general people in Massachusetts just wear masks more often and stuff so and Milwaukee was just kind of this kind of the same feel as being at guaranteed rate 
I'll um I'll mention that because we've been inter- interrupted by uh, trains, when Julie and I have spoken in the past, I like the fact that uh, your building, your apartment, your house sounded like it was about to take off from the ground, and you may actually be traveling in space, Celeste. We don't really know. Uh, you may actually be hovering above the ground based on the sound we just heard. So uh, hopefully everything is uh, all right there and you're not going to uh, have Wizard of Oz experience. Uh, wait, hold on. You also went to Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I weren't going to get away without mentioning that. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, specifically was... with the disease content is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that was interesting. We had, so I got... Um, like I was invited by my girlfriend's family. So they got like nicer seats. Um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, very packed. Um, they had the vendors, so that was good. I didn't like need to get up really. Um, but oh my God, the people sitting behind us, <laughs> this has nothing to do with being diseased, <laughs> but <laughs> they were just like, Every this is how I came up with the idea for the bingo was just because like every stereotypical thing you could think to hear you would hear it regularly like this just one guy said it wasn't even the group it was just one guy in the group and that was quite the experience. I like that the experience was so rich that you probably could have actually printed I don't know what the standard set is I guess it's infinite or you know whatever the whatever the number is uh but you could have probably easily done five cards like that it didn't really have to be one it was more like gosh which do I choose here for each square because uh there's some rich content there yeah um the um another observation you had at the uh Cubs game Celeste was uh one of the jerseys that was uh, sitting in your section and maybe this is an awkward seg into how the game is being marketed to people who don't look like your host but uh given the fact that we are full on in the middle of the well I guess at the beginnings of maybe it's going to end pretty quickly. It sure seems like it is based on the legal representation that we're hearing about for Trevor Bauer. But I'm just curious what your observation has been this season, getting baseball back, getting back to games in both of your cases and Celeste, you see major league games um, where you sort of stand with where, uh, where the league is at in terms of how it's trying to outreach or if it is trying to outreach in the right way um, to the right variety of fans because it does seem like it's got one demographic down pretty well and maybe it needs to work a little harder at some of the others i'm curious to know what your feelings both of your feelings are on that i don't feel like i've particularly been outreached to <laughs> like i don't know what that would feel like or what that would look like or what i should expect <laughs> um so that's my personal experience um, <laughs> with that as a woman. And as I know they did like pride stuff um, and they had Liam Hendricks and his wife talking. And that was cool because I don't feel like, I don't know if like the Cubs did anything for that, but I certainly wouldn't expect them to. <laughs> that would be interesting. It would be interesting. Uh, yeah. It would be interesting. Uh, hey, maybe they're at the 85% vaccination rate now that they've uh, traded and released several of their players who are, anyway, different podcasts. Uh, Julie, what's your take? I mean, just, you know, nothing nothing specific here. Just curious to know, uh, what do you think maybe the, the league is 
heading in the right direction or or maybe not maybe going in the opposite direction yeah well they've been doing just a terrible job for a really long time (laughs) I mean that's kind of like the story of major league baseball the institution is just like screwing up over and over again and doing the wrong thing over and over and over again the right thing for the bottom line you know for the personal profit but one thing for literally everyone else um so like the whole like descent into barstool embrasure this recent season like the fans of Trevor Bauer and the fans of Barstool are the same people. <laughs> like the Venn diagram is a circle. And that's who Rob Manfred is very specifically trying to reach out to and engage and like keep in the game. And those kind of people actively drive everyone else away. Yeah. So that is a way to actively get everyone who is not a straight white cis man out of the game. Like it is an active driver of like what, you know, because it feels like baseball hates me by marketing all these people and like, all the national writers being like, oh, Trevor Bauer thought his way to being a good pitcher. He's so special. And like, that's exactly the kind of thing that contributes to that culture. And like, I get it. Like baseball is very dude oriented. And like when dudes have a culture, it can get in this society, very conservative. Mm-hmm. And a lot like you see the team owner, you know, the Ricketts, obviously they're extremely conservative. So like between the ownership of teams and the ownership of baseball Versus the people that actually legitimately like love baseball and want it to grow for like baseball reasons and not profit reasons. Like it's kind of a slap in the face. And just every day I imagine how cool it would be if baseball was run by people who were not straight white men. Like how amazing, like what different perspectives could we have on this game if it wasn't just the same perspective? So it's just, it's one of those things that's been very frustrating for my entire, you know, life of being a baseball fan and I don't see it going a different way anytime soon but you know with every single thing that comes out it just becomes a little bit harder to care it would be a relief if they could just pull back on the aggressively angry um the, the, we'll just call it the, for for <laughs> for the time being we'll call it the the barstool movements but I mean the truth is you know it's been a number of other things but this is the latest one if it could just go to sort of like neutral it doesn't even necessarily who knows the same people could be running it if they're just not so aggressively ugly about running the the sport it's it's sort of I would say jaw dropping I guess it shouldn't be jaw dropping and Julie from your lifelong perspective it's probably not jaw dropping at all but. Uh, it still makes you shake your head and when you like combine it with the betting stuff (laughs) like you know MLB is partnering with Barca like specifically for sports betting which like a is a terrible look I think for like the institution of major league baseball to be like bet on us it's all above board um but like to do that with Barstool who like by industry standards I'm pretty sure sucks and that's why like people are like using them because you know they're gonna get the people like make money on that a lot of money but like Bart, like you're doing it in the worst possible way. You're doing the worst possible things in the worst possible way. And it's just like, oh my God, hire one competent person. I am begging you. <laughs> I am begging you. Uh, this uh, wasn't necessarily a, a thought um, experiment that I was planning on having, but I'm just curious to know the answer because I know what mine is. And Ricketts have come up a couple of times. Um, uh, if the Ricketts own the Chicago White Sox, what would your feeling toward the White Sox be and your fandom be? I'll, I'll start. I don't usually answer these questions. I will say that I would 
put my fandom into deep freeze. I don't think I would no longer ever be a fan. I don't think I could be a fan with that ownership. And that's probably some sort of weird two-faced thing because I'm sure Jerry Ransdorf is evil too. Okay, whatever. But uh, that's a certain flavor of evil that I don't think I could cross that bridge. I'm curious to know what you think. Yeah, I mean, it would be like a, I mean, I don't think Jerry Ransdorf compares to Ricketts. Um, and I'm sure, but I'm sure there's some level of something there and it would be the lesser of two evils. But I think one of the reasons why I've never questioned my allegiance to the White Sox is I was born into it. Um, I didn't choose the White Sox life. Um, he does. The one of the reasons why I've never questioned it or like when I've thought about it never went the other way is because like I'm so off put by the Ricketts and their organization. Um, so if, you know, one day they were to come own the White Sox, I would, that would be something I have to think a lot about. Yeah, I'm already, I've instituted a self-boycott of the White Sox for the last year or two, just based on my absolute disdain for Jerry Reinsdorf and how he's running this team. But I mean, if it was the Ricketts, I wouldn't even be able to bring myself to like write about them. I would have to pull back entirely. Like I just, I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, I've asked um, Cubs fans, the the guy who runs the SB Nation site for, you know, the the Cubs, you know, we actually reach across the aisle sometimes. I don't actually go to the games. I mean, come on, I'm not crazy, but... Uh, and yeah, it's, I, you know, it could be rationalization, uh, but it's like, no, my fandom has, has started long before this. These people come, they will go. My fandom is more precious to me than that. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm burning t-shirts. I'm not knocking this thing down and, 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 you know, never thinking about the team again and never enjoying my 2005 memories. But to be an active fan, I think would be, I think it would be beyond challenging. I mean, it's one thing to have Jerry Reinsdorf just collecting money for free, year after year after year after year after year not spending money on the team etc that seems so i mean certainly no you know no offense intended julie in terms of your own feelings towards him but even you will acknowledge that is a completely different league than what we're talking about with the cubs ownership and it's just it's i thank god i haven't been confronted with that circumstance yet um but i think fandom would be easy to walk from or at at the very least what just go dormant on I, i really do think at worst i would just put in a deep freeze, maybe you do pull it back out in 10 years when it's all gone, but then ah, the, the the stink and the stain and the stench is still there. I'm, I'm glad I haven't been confronted with that yet. I don't think I could take the attitude of, oh yeah, you know, I've been, I've been a fan for, you know, for 50 years, you know, no, you know, no sweat. I lived through the Tribune, so this is nothing. Oh, come on. Really? Jeez. I mean, this is active active, active, you know, evil. Boy, we've been talking a lot about evil for this podcast. Yikes. Uh, we can't get together again until Halloween, I don't think. Uh, man, uh, this, this is rough. I'm t- I hope I've been um, too terribly negative. Uh, Julie, quick, before um, Zoom decides to uh, run us into the ground, uh, interested in getting your take, given that I know you're uh, certainly, a, uh, like many, uh, you mean Mercedes uh, super fan. He's obviously had uh, about as big a roller coaster of a season as possible. Uh, curious to know sort of your take. I'm sure a thrill in April, and from there it's been uh, a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure what's been going on with your mean Mercedes since he was sent down to the minors, and I'm like concerned about all of it. Um, so I've, I've, I support him in anything he does. Like I think that whatever's going on doesn't really have a relation to how good he is of a hitter. Cause I think that, you know, he's proven time and time mm-hmm. again that he's a really, really good hitter. And like, obviously he was going to regress after going, you know, 100 for 100 to start the season. 
and like he worked pretty hard and I feel like that probably had a mental effect on him um, which kind of probably led to the cycle but you know he's back in AAA the swing is back the approach is back yeah. he's hitting dongs I don't think that there would be a concern to bring him back up um, based on the hitting alone but uh, yeah I'm just not I'm not sure what's going on with that guy and I hope he's okay it seems like next year there will be a good like 50 home runs hit at Charlotte. There are going to be in other organizations because Mike Rodolfo as well will not be back at the White Sox for 2022. And boy, they are really going to be shipping off a lot uh, of home runs in the offseason because I'm guessing your mean probably also will not be uh, remaining in the organization based on how some of this. I wouldn't be surprised, so. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Rodolfo does get a shot with the White Sox next year. Yeah, I mean, they got to keep him on the roster, so that's going to be a challenge. Although, I, apparently, you know. Yeah. Last night, the hardest ball in AAA, maybe all of minor league baseball for a home run, 111 miles an hour off the bat. I mean, that guy, that guy looks like a major leaguer. Second base might be open <laughs> next year. The White Sox don't seem to care about position. Um, there's nothing, there, there's nothing special about positions anymore. Miker could be playing second base next year. Who's to say? Uh, they're going to need somebody there. Uh, that's about the most likely opening. Um uh, what have we missed on? Is there anything as we're winding down that we needed to talk about that we have not spoken on? Things settling in okay, uh, Celeste. The this is the final year of law school. If everything goes accordingly, <laughs> I didn't care with my credits. Um, I got that sorted out, but yeah, hopefully this is the final year and I can get the hell out of Champagne. No <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Champagne hears that a lot. Yeah. What? I think Champagne hears that a lot. So probably no offense taken. Mm, yeah. Probably. Um, and so and that would place you, Julie, about a, a, a year further along because you've just done the bar. And that's that's the end, right? Or, yeah, or does it never end? It's 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 an open ended question because mm. I have not technically passed the bar yet. So we'll mm. see. So again, in other words, I'm the only one. Uh, uh, legally allowed to dispense such advice on this podcast. All right, as long as that's clear. Uh, well, we did not get a Vinny uh, cameo, but uh, that's because Vinny is with, oh yeah, Vinny, yeah, Vinny was parking before. Uh, and uh, Chico Marx uh, seems to have vacated the premises, but definitely, definitely got screen time. So that's really all we care about when it comes to the pets we uh we we need to see them we need to do them they're doing all right um hey listen uh this is fun to do and you know i mean you know me i'm a I'm a branding guy you know i'm you know i'm just itching for like a 13th podcast on the uh south side Sox network but hey listen if there's reason before halloween to get back together three of us i'd love to do it this is a lot of fun to at least catch up establish the uh the podcasting firm of uh, Brady and Rodonio, uh, and um, with uh, me providing some of those very uh, wooden Ozzie uh legal representation commercial. That's my presence here. That's my purpose here. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for, for doing this. Uh, this is a lot of fun, and uh, maybe let's do it again soon sometime. Julie, there's no reason why we can't talk White Sox. It does not. You are not relegated to the minor leagues. You're, you're a big leaguer. That's so true. All right. Uh, Celeste, Julie, thank you for, for doing this. Uh, hope the, uh, the apartment, the house is landed there down in uh, Urbana. Uh, hope Chico Marks is okay there in Winston-Salem. And I'm looking forward to hearing the latest edition of the Maroon 5 um, song encounter uh, because it's never going to end. I don't think it's ever going to end. Don't hear it now. <laughs> 
perfect capstone. It's a little late for Maroon 5 guy. He doesn't usually come this late at night. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, for Maroon 5 guy, for Celeste Rodonio, for uh, Chico Marx, for Julie Brady, for Vinny, the Wonder Dog, I'm Brett Ballantini. This is the end of Southside Sox podcast number 61. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening, reading, sometimes even watching. And, hey, maybe the law firm of Rodonio and Brady or Brady and Rodonio and Ballantini still studying. Uh, we'll get together again for, for one of these. But uh, until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.